Hello and welcome to episode two of the Guitar Coach podcast. In today's episode, we sit down with bassist Philip Court and we discuss everything business, music and mental health. I hope you enjoy this episode and I look forward to seeing you soon. Welcome, Phil, and thank you very much for joining me today. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, so if anyone doesn't know Phil, he's a fantastic bass player. Um, and yeah, so if anyone doesn't know you, Phil, um, please fill us in. You know, what what is it you do in the industry? Um, we, I just said you're a bass player, but you obviously do more than that. Um, yeah. Can you just talk to us a little bit about what you do in the industry? Yeah, so uh, mainly I'm a, a bass player, uh, playing electric and upright bass. Uh, but along with that, I'm also a private teacher, uh, composer and sort of band leader occasionally as well excellent and we were talking as well you um just before we went live you said you work with the mu a little bit as well the music yes team. yeah yeah how, so how i is... sit i sit on the uh, wales and southwest england uh, regional committee oh cool how, how how is that going for you how long have you been doing that um this would be my second term that i've been voted back in for so i've been doing it for around about three to four years now it's going really well though great and are they good to work for the mu i imagine they are yeah it's really good yeah sort of getting really hands-on with the music industry and different issues that musicians have all across wales and england and scotland great because i'm also a mu member um yeah and um yeah i just think they've been supporting musicians really well throughout the sort of the you know the lockdown and stuff they've been sort of pretty good um and you know supporting and there was like different funds that opened up initially i remember seeing things that that popping up yes um and i remember one i don't know if there's anything to do with the mu but it was a help musicians fund i think that was a different thing um, yeah but, but that also sort of you know supported musicians as well yeah that was a really good one that one was yeah no it yeah, was for it was sure really good um so phil how have you been keeping yourself busy buddy like you're a musician <laughs> like like the rest of us how have you been keeping yourself busy in lockdown keeping yourself on the straight and narrow what you've been up to well <sighs> Luckily, I already taught online um, okay. before the pandemic happened and lockdown started. So I was already set up. So most of my like in-person lessons moved so online as well. Okay. Um, but sort of to keep myself busy, so I haven't got any gigs, can't go any to, can't go to any recording studios. Um, so I've been keeping myself busy by practicing, which I should have been doing anyway, um, <laughs> and remote uh, recording sessions which have been quite fun. Great. Very good. Um, how are you finding the sort of, you know, remote sessions and that working all online? Is that, has that been good for you? Or? It, it has been good. Yeah. Some of it's quite challenging because you don't get that immediate feedback. Um, yes. There's always that delay of, you know, sending an email or being on a Zoom call. Uh, but it is fun. It's challenging. Um, yes. But you sort of get to work on things your own way, which is nice. And that sort of work, did that come through like contacts you already had before the pandemic hit? Or was that sort of stuff you've been looking for, you know, thought I need to sort of do something differently now? Or uh, you already had those contacts in, you know, already in the calendars and sort of in your diary sort of thing? It was about 50-50. Um, so people who I'd worked for um, in studios before got in touch with me again. Uh, but I also advertised um, the services of doing uh, remote recording sessions. And that's picked up quite nicely. Right, very good. So, Phil, take us back, right? So, we're going all the way back now. So, right from the beginning, when did you um, when did you pick up the bass, Phil? When, when was it you? Right. Well, I was nine, and I picked up the acoustic guitar first. Okay. And I put it straight back down. <laughs> Completely, just put it straight back down. <laughs> then, okay. around the age of twelve, thirteen, uh, I was singing a lot in choirs. 
and my music teacher at the time sort of encouraged me to play an instrument. I didn't want to touch guitar again. Um, so I thought about bass. I thought that was the coolest instrument. It looked cool. I was listening to a lot of Queen, so like John Deacon and Everyone Bites the Dust. Um, that's where it started, really, about 12, 13. Wow, great. So and you never went back to the guitar at all? You never went back to the acoustic or anything? You stuck with the, stuck with the bass? Or... Okay. I have a guitar. I have yeah, okay. one guitar um, that I sort of noodle around on and sort of use it as a writing tool. But it, it's not my passion. Bass, no. bass guitar is my passion. And who Definitely. are your bass idols, would you say, buddy? Yeah, who are the, on your Number list? one would be John Deacon from Queen. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just hearing another one bites the dust and under under pressure. It was just mind blowing at a young age. Um, that's my number one influence. Uh, going on from that, then when I got a bit more mature as a musician and started playing more, uh, would have to be Pino Palladino, and just okay. his extensive session work with literally nearly every musician. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, why do you think at that sort of young age that that, that riff that never one bites the dust? Why do you think that caught you so much? It just is it because it's such a groovy riff, isn't it? I mean, yeah. It was was it that you could play it quite quickly? Do you feel, or was it the fact that you just think it just hooked you in? That riff is so catchy. I mean, really interesting to find out. Yeah, both really, because it yeah. was so impactful. You know, it was the start of the song. It was, yes. You know, but it was easy to play, and it was one of the first things that I picked up on. Uh, it was just excellent. I could just pick up a bass, listen to it, and just sort of whack it out. Did you um? Did you have lessons, Phil, or were you self-taught? I was self-taught for about a year. And then I went into uh, private tuition um, with a teacher called Mark Baker, um, who was quite uh, local to me. Uh, he's moved away, uh, but he was a, he was very influential on my early playing. Oh, great. I mean, and then so going on a bit further, then in, into sort of school school years, um, did you did you take sort of music lessons at school? Did you participate in like music? Um, you know, did GCSE music? Did you do that at all? Or so in school, um, I went to an all boys school um, in the South Wales Valleys, uh, where singing was that was the main thing that you had to do compulsory. I kept that up sort of as an extracurricular as well. For GCSEs, I didn't choose music, uh, but I was asked to do it as sort of an add-on GCSE. So I had to do sort of lessons after school and sort of work it around my already uh, tight schedule for my GCSEs. Um, but it was definitely worth doing. Definitely. Right, very good. I mean, and then after after that, I mean, did you go into college or university for music? Did you, did you ah, study that? Or... So I stayed on for my AS and A levels yeah. and took music and music um, technology. Uh, I wasn't a fan of music technology in school. Um, yeah. But it, I learned what I needed to learn. Yes. Um, then I immediately went, I was going to go to the ACM um, in Guildford. Yes. Um, but I really didn't, at that time, didn't want to move away. Um, so I studied a sort of distance learning course um, with a company in Wales and studied the rock school, as it was then, um, music teaching uh, diplomas. Okay. So then the level four and the level six. Uh, with a mentor very good and you are we were saying before we went live we we're saying you're, you're based in wells at the moment um, yes so very sort of pretty scenery i'd imagine around where you live is it <laughs> yeah there's a lot of snow on the mountains today as well wow okay. <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow yeah that's brilliant and it looks, it looks like you've got a fantastic studio there as well i mean is that where oh, you spend a you. lot of your time in the day is it yeah yeah this is sort of my own sort of working space uh, i try and spend as much time as possible working in here 
Ah, great. I mean, and you know, when does your day? I'm really interested to find out because I find it really fascinating. Like when you know, what musicians do throughout their day. I don't know about you, but I always find it quite fascinating to find out how they structure their day. So, yeah. I mean, how, how do you how do you structure your day? Is there a time that you come into your studio and you think, right, this is work time? Or are you a bit more lenient with it? It depends what jobs you got in the diary and things like that. Or how do you work that? It depends on what jobs I've got in the diary. I try and keep it structured. So it's kind of like I've got a nine to five. Yep, I okay. try to, but I've always got my time uh, that I'm working on. I always have, you know, short breaks at sort of allocated times and, you know, a lunch break. Uh, but if I've got deadlines to sort of, to work on, um, I, I could spend the whole day and night in you which I have done in the past. Well, it looks like an inspiring place to stay anyway, mate. So it's not like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does look nice. But um, yeah, so coming out of that then, so coming on from sort of, um, you know, what you did after after school and that, um, did you go sort of, did you go into teaching or was that something you wanted to do straight away? Or how did you get into the industry? Obviously, I'm guessing you were gigging. Were you at a young age? Sort of, I what? wasn't, no, no okay. um, which is very peculiar. I didn't gig for about four or five years properly uh i was obviously i was in a band um we done two or three gigs you know it was just your common pop punk band um doing your covers and you know about two or three songs that we'd written uh hardly any gigs you know just little local festivals and school stuff really that came from that um from that then um i did want to do um music education because at the time when I was in school, I was told that that was the only sort of way to make money in the industry, which is yes. completely wrong. <laughs> Absolutely completely yeah, wrong. Yeah. But I was that that's what I was told. That was yeah. I was that's what I was taught. So that's sort of the path that I took, especially doing those uh, music teaching diplomas. Mm -hmm. Have you always wanted to have you known since you were a young lad, have you always known that this music was the thing that sort of drove, drove you? So you know, that was what you wanted to do. No, um, no. no, not, not really. Um, just like any sort of young lad, really, um, you know, firefighter, police officer, yeah. soldier. Uh, it was only really about the age um, where I was taking my GCSEs that I thought that could be a career for me. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. And so jumping along a little bit along your timeline now then to sort of, you know, where we are now. And you've obviously done some fantastic things, you know, in your career and stuff so far. Um, is there any sort of bits that stick out to you that you've done and you're sort of really proud of? Any sort of moments? studio or gigging or studio work um one of the career highlights has to be uh working on a track or playing on a track uh with mark ronson oh wow okay that he produced yeah that was probably my studio career highlight uh very simple bass part just completely very simple yes. just sort of root fifth and octave you know in like a sort of like james brown funk type riff um yeah. but that was really fun and just having him there and uh, just giving me guidance on what he wanted and the way he wanted it and me sort of doing it straight away sort of gave me inspiration um and just excited really excitement yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it sounds like to me i don't know about you but the, the simply you said it's a simple riff that you played but the simplest riffs are always like the you know the best ones isn't it like if we yeah. go back to another one bites the dust it's a yeah. really simple riff but it's you know it's a fantastic riff and it's you know, you, you can't take anything away from that. that is, no, no. Obviously, it's not going to reach the heights of, or it didn't uh, reach the heights of Another One Bites the Dust. No. But to me, that's sort of my Another One Bites the Dust. Yeah, Very simple, funky bass part. Yeah, nice. But, Very yeah. Good. It's brilliant, mate. So, you know, just because people watching this, I'm guessing it'll be other musicians and, you know, friends of friends of ours and stuff. But, you know, just to offer some advice in that. So you seem to be, you know, you've got your head screwed on. You seem to be sort of got real focus throughout lockdown. 
how have you managed that buddy like how have you managed to keep yourself sort of focused because it's difficult and i know there's lots of musicians probably watching this that are finding you know very difficult at the moment to keep their you know get up in the morning keep a schedule um because you know main part of their life which is gigging is just been taken away um you know so how, how are you how are you finding that buddy and you can be completely honest if you have been struggling with it but you know people appreciate that but um you seem to be sort of very sort of coping with it quite well so how are you how have you managed that I'm doing okay now. Yeah. Um, at the start of the first lockdown, I was doing okay as well. Uh, around about summertime, uh, early summer, I was really struggling. And I didn't come in here for just over a month. Oh, wow. So I didn't see, touch uh, an instrument at all. Uh, and it, it was hard. I, I just lost all the passion. Yeah. Um, just any interest in music at all. And... It affected the way I, I wasn't listening to music. I wasn't reading any music. I, if something popped up on my computer, like the next video on YouTube, if it was a song or music related, I just completely click off it. Wow. Just disinterested me. Um, and it, it was terrible. Um, and the way I sort of got out of that really um, was listening to one of my friends who was going through a sort of similar spell. Um, He's currently at Abbey Road Studios um, at the moment. Um, but, you know, he asked for help um, from Help Musicians uh, UK. Uh, he only had a quick phone call with them. But they sort of laid out a path for him and for me when I uh, called them. Um, just set out sort of goals that I could achieve in the short term that would help me in the long term. Uh, and that really helped me sort of get out of the rut of just not being interested not seeing it as a viable career anymore and just sort of I, I was 50 50 really in sort of leaving my career where it was and stepping away going to do something completely different yes or sort of struggling on luckily now i'm not struggling on as i was obviously no. there's reduced income yeah but it's not as bad as it was then no i mean that's that's fantastic that you managed to you know get yourself out of that situation and you know you did it in a good way you reached out for help you know help yes. we said about help musicians earlier which have been you've been fantastic and then you know i took a, i took an initial grant right at the very beginning when they were offering out the grant to you know, support musicians and stuff just to help tide over because you know yeah. like probably like you i've had the band income completely removed which we were busy most weekends doing weddings and you know corporate functions it's just all been gone you know it's all been taken away so that's a big chunk of income if you you know put it that along, alongside like most musicians are you know, either got like teaching, studio work, you know, gigging, you take one of those away and it can be quite a, you know, quite a big chunk of weight of yours. Absolutely. Of yes. Because um, um, my main income was private tuition, but yeah. that was only getting me so far with sessions and gigs and shows, um, touring occasionally. That was the actual, the main income coming in for a while. Yes. Um, since I scaled back um, my private teaching practice, uh, which, with hindsight, I shouldn't have done, <laughs> but no one, no one you knew could, this would happen. Today, could you? That's no. The thing, right? so, it's, um, yeah, I think we all sort of things like that. We could thought, oh, we could have planned for this much better, but we didn't know it was coming, did we? We didn't know it to come. So, you know, it's always hindsight. But you know, there's things that I don't know about you, but there's things that I've learned now and and, I, and I've adapted to, and I feel like, you know in the future i will prepare for things like this happening again definitely you know? yeah. um but 
in a, in a positive way, I suppose. I don't know about yourself, but it has given me more time to slow down a bit. I don't know if you found that. Yes. Um, just time to sort of take a step back, which I don't normally do, and just sort of look at things and think, okay, you know, what do I really want to do with my career going forward? You know, do I want to continue doing this, and how much of this do I want to do? Um, you know, and just sort of just reevaluate what I sort of spend a lot of my time with. Um, you know, I've, I've I've enjoyed the time. I've enjoyed having a bit more free time. Um, and you know, obviously, I miss gigging like everybody does. Yeah. But I know it will come back. But it's just, you know, I don't know about you, but I just feel like I've enjoyed the time just to just sort of relax a little bit and just yeah, you know, yeah. Just, I've sort of I've done similar. Um, sort of gone back to basics um, yeah. in my practice. I'm sort of looking hopefully towards the future and putting some like little plans in place for that so you know after the pandemic this is what i want to do now instead of something else uh it's been fun uh and it's been good to sort of evaluate myself really and see what i genuinely want to do yeah do you think i do you think the industry i mean you must you've probably got some you know the word um from the musicians union that you work for yeah um do you think the industry is going to hugely tra- change now going forward there's going to be huge changes coming afoot for the industry or do you feel yes Yes and no. Um, last night I looked at um, the concert in New Zealand. Yes. Um, which was amazing. Yeah. It was just so cool. But comparing that to the United Kingdom and the state, um, which is a sad state that sort of every industry is in, really, I can't see it bouncing back as quick and as sort of a, on a bigger scale. Yes really um things will change permanently i believe um from a music business perspective i think contracts are going to change um for the worse okay. i believe yeah um, sadly um do you feel that's because like do you mean like sort of because of brexit and stuff and because of yeah traveling definitely and brexit related um yeah. but also different like cancellation clauses and contracts are definitely going to change Mm-hmm. Um, if these, this pandemic keeps going or if another one comes along, um, yes. hopefully not. Um, I think that's going to be the main issue there. Uh, yeah. And also sort of the music that's being released now uh, is great, obviously. It's great top 40, top 100 that I try and listen to to keep relevant. Uh, it's all <laughs> great, but it, it doesn't sort of invoke the inspiration that it once did. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many actual musicians are playing on these records. Um, I could be wrong about that, but the majority that I'm listening to um, maybe have like two or three or a producer is doing all the work, uh, which is nothing wrong with that. Um, But listening to it in in general, there's not much actual playing uh, going on. I think I saw. I think I saw yesterday. Where it's like Gary Barlow's released a new album or something, or releasing an album. I think it's called something like um, "Music Played by Humans" or something like that, um, which I thought was quite, you know, quite maybe a tilt to the head of actual, you know, actual musicians playing yeah. on the actual track as opposed to, you know, working in Logic or whatever and and other things, you know, creating creating the sounds as opposed to live musicians. Um, yeah. I don't know. That may just be the title of the album, but that's what I got from it. I sort of looked at that and thought, okay, maybe he's got you know got proper you know musicians in to do this. Um, which I'd imagine he would do. He's Gary Barlow. He's got yeah. massive contacts. I'm sure he would <laughs> be doing that. But um, let's just check, Phil, because I feel like we're, we're chatting away, but I haven't actually checked to see if anyone has any questions for you at all. Um, let's have a little look in a minute. Let's see if there's any questions. 
uh, I can see people watching, but we've got no comments. So yeah, if you've got any questions for uh, for Phil or myself, then feel free to um, to ask them throughout. Um, yeah, I don't think we've got any. Oh, hang on, there's some comments. Uh, apologies um, if we've missed. Like I said I missed this the, the delay of the question, but he said, "Does he know of John Entwistle?" Yes. Getty Lee, Getty Lee Jack Bruce, uh, to name a few. Uh, great player is Phil. Someone said Edwards. Is that somebody you know? Yes, I know said. Um, that's he's one of the people who helped me uh, get over my little um, spate of not being interested um, in music during the summer. Um, he put a collaborative sort of uh, quiz together for bass players from all over the world where we play a bass line and everyone in the comments had to uh, like uh, like it and sort of work out what song it was and who played it. Um, but yeah, John Entwistle is a great influence. Uh, not something that I, or the style that I would actually play now, um, but very influential, definitely. So what is your like, your bread and butter then, Phil? What is your style of choice at the, at the minute then? Oh. What, is it, what is it your sort of passion if you, you had to play something, what would it be? At the moment, um, I've been listening to um, some early 90s uh, Joan Armour trading. Um, uh, the album, The Shouting Stage, uh, which okay. has Pino Palladino on bass, but on fretless bass. Right. Um, with octave pedals and also uh, Mark Knopfler on guitar and oh. co-writing it. And it's been sort of a really big inspiration. Um, I've just been transcribing and transcribing. Um, I think I've got four songs left uh, to transcribe now. Which I'm sure is good content for your students as well, buddy. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but it's really fun just going back to basics and listening to a track. What note is he playing? What chord is he playing? And just breaking it down. It's just yeah. amazing. So going back to what you were saying about your students and stuff, like you said you're already online teaching yes. before the, the, the pandemic hit. So do you feel like you're in a good position? Because, like, you know, there was a big panic. I don't know if you, you probably noticed it. I was doing the same as you. I was teaching online anyway. Yeah. Um, and then the pandemic hit. Um, and yes, I bought some new equipment and stuff to just make sure it was all, because I was doing it a lot more than I would be normally. Yeah. Um, but I was pretty much sort of ready to go. But I know there was a big panic and everyone was like, oh no, we've got to get this all working, get this sound all working and stuff like that. Did you feel like you were in a good position already? To, ready, not much change for you when that happened? Or? No, uh, not much changed. Uh, I was in a good situation. Um, I had all of the equipment that I needed, you know, all my interfaces and cameras and everything. The only thing I did buy new was this mic because my old one broke. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the only thing that I had to change really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I luckily, uh, like yourself, we were in good positions to start with. Um, but it is different teaching online, sort of teaching everyone online rather than sort of a percentage of students. Because yeah. I was normally teaching my international students online. Yes. Now I'm teaching everyone online. Do you find so it more tiring, Phil? Because I, I tend to. Yes, um, definitely. I don't know if it's because you're staring at a computer all day, but it's just I find it more tiring in terms of I feel like I'm probably talking more than I would, you know, on a on a face-to-face -face lesson. There's that time where you sit back and you can, you know, observe and you play together and things like that. Um, but in a Zoom lesson or, you know, Skype or whatever you're using, then I always find that I'm more tired after we finish that lesson, you know, that by the end yeah. of the day, definitely. I, yeah, I think it's a bit of both, really. You know, we're staring at screens. Yeah. Um, which isn't very good for anyone anyway. No. Um, but you've got to, not in a bad way, but you've got to pay attention more. You've got to listen more carefully. Um, you've got to be staring, you know, if you're, 
if your students sort of demonstrating something for you or you're demonstrating to them, it, it's a different way that you've got to put across these subjects. Um, and like you said, talking more. Yes. Um, because you're not there in the room. You can't say, oh, do this. No. You've got to explain what you're doing exactly, which way, how to do it and everything else. It is tiring. Yeah. No, it's, it's great to hear like, you know, that you're doing so well with the, you know, the teaching side of things as well, because oh, it's always inspiring to hear like, ever, ever musicians talking about that. And I'm glad that the ever musicians are doing very well with the sort of tuition side of things, because yeah. it is sort of propping, keeping us all going in it. It is, yeah. Up, um, until it all sort of returns. I mean, Phil, just going forward, I mean, what's, what's your plans for, you know, what, post pandemic, you know, what, what's your plans, Phil? Have you sort of, because you said you've obviously reset and probably thought about new goals and stuff. Do you have sort of big goals for the sort of for the um, for the future? Yes. Uh, so before uh, the pandemic hit, um, myself and a few other musicians um, were brought together as session musicians for a Cardiff-based um, singer called Mr. Bouley. Um, we've been doing remote sessions um, and they've been great tracks. But the main goal for that is to sort of go out and gig that as soon as possible. Okay. Um, fortunately, here in Wales, there was some accommodation for paid rehearsals, uh, which constituted work. So we did get together, uh, I think, twice, Yes. Um, which was great. Uh, we did have an online show um, that was supposed to go ahead, but different uh, regulations came in and stopped that happening. Uh, right. That was going to be a live stream show. Yeah. Um, but the main mingles really are to gig. Uh, I'd also, uh, something that I've discussed with uh, other musicians is going in and playing on sessions for film and TV. Okay. That's probably my biggest goal at the moment, um, to play with an orchestra, um, yeah. but on electric bass or upright. That's my main goal. And that's the thing that I'm working on the most to make happen. That's a great goal, mate. That's really good. Yeah. It's <laughs> a pretty great goal to have that sort of, you know, sort of in your head that you just want to do for the future. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Really good. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, look, Phil, I mean, I don't want to take too much of your time because you've been oh, here okay. half an hour or so, but I know, you know, thank you very much for joining me today and sort of discussing, um, you know, about your career, really, and what you've been up to. And we've only just brushed the surface on what, you know, what I'm sure what you've done in your career so far and what yeah. you're going to do in the future. Um, myself and you, we haven't actually played together before. I mean, no. You know, um, which will be fantastic at some point when we actually get out of lockdown, you know. To, Definitely, to, yeah. To, to have a little jam or something. I know you live in Wales and stuff, but I think after after lockdown i think we're all going to be sort of a bit more a bit more busy and a bit more wanting to you know interact with other musicians like face to face I definitely think. um i mean i don't know about you but when gigs come in after lockdown i'm not going to be saying no to many i don't think <laughs> no no <laughs> definitely not do you feel like do you feel just, just to finish off do you feel like we've because i i felt like it like i used to gig every weekend with the sort of band and stuff with the wedding stuff and do you feel like we've taken that for granted a little bit? Because I do. I feel like at that time we used to sometimes whinge and moan about playing the same songs over and over again. And now I'll be like happy to go and play like Sex on Fire or something. Or, yeah. you know, that one Aww. of those songs, just like happily play that, like, you know, as many times as needed. Just to yeah, gig and uh, definitely took it for granted. But if you compare that to any sort of job, yeah. people, you know, if your job's there one minute and it's gone the next, you're naturally going to feel like you took it for granted. But if I could just go back and play Mustang Sally in a pub yep. tomorrow or today, I'd absolutely do it. Happily take it. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> yeah. I, complete, I completely agree, mate. I'm exactly the same as that, but um, yeah. it's funny, isn't it? But it is. <laughs> anyway, Phil, thank you very much, mate, for, for joining me today. Oh, um, no problem. Thank you for having me. I wish you the best of luck for the, you know, for your future and the best and the rest, best of luck for the rest of lockdown. 
Um, and I hope to, you know, hopefully gig with you again sometime soon. Hopefully, it'd be quite nice. To Absolutely, do. I look forward to it. Thank you very much, Will. Thank you, buddy. Thank you.